Okay, welcome to the Spiritual Geek Out Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Hudock, where we have fun talking about the phenomenal and the fascinating. From angels to energy healing, from mystical places to mystical teachings, this is a place where we nerd out on the science of the soul. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Spiritual Geek Out Podcast, episode 70. And we're going to talk about today with yours truly a subject that's been coming up a lot in my uh, private practice, and I felt very called to talk about it on here with you in service to your path. And if you're dealing with this as a curriculum in your life, and that subject is cultivating greater self-trust. Or if you're feeling like you're walking around with very little self-trust, running patterns of self-doubt, self-questioning, self-judgment. So here we go. So let's talk about the importance of having greater self-trust. From my perspective, self-trust is a fundamental quality that we all need in our lives if we're really going to live out our fullest potential to be confident, but also to awaken yourself as the divine co-creator that you are. And if you haven't heard me use this term before, that co in co-creator really stands for cooperation with. Cooperation with what, you might ask? Well, cooperation with the divine, who you came from. So when we don't trust in ourselves, I might offer that you're not trusting in God or divine source or the God of your understanding. So if we are on a spiritual path of remembering who we truly are and really claiming that, claiming that for yourself, we must trust ourselves because we recognize in doing so that we are all children of God. We are all inherently divine. And again, when we don't trust ourselves, we don't trust in that divine source that we came from. If I pull from yogic teachings, there's two that are coming to mind here uh, around this subject. The first one is, and these are both from, by the way, the eight-limbed path of Patanjali. And the first thing that comes to mind here in service to the subject is the tenant or the teaching called Svetyaya which means self-study. And Svedyaya is one of the niyamas. The niyamas are considered um, the ethical observances in yogic philosophy. And Svedyaya involves first the study of sacred texts, uh, greater introspection, and self-inquiry. So when we start to engage in the act or the art of Svetyaya, deep self-study, observation, inquiry, you get to develop trust in service to your innate ability to discern what is for your highest good and make conscious decisions that are in alignment with your core values. So when we activate that within us, we can only imagine how much better our life becomes. Okay. Think of all those experiences in the past that you 
have um, gone through where you ended up in situations that were not so great, be it that relationship, be it that job, whatever that situation, circumstance, difficulty was, you chose from a place that was perhaps not for your highest good. And maybe you knew it at the time, or maybe you just didn't have the ability or the consciousness to make better decisions that were in alignment with your highest good. And that's okay. And we can forgive ourselves and just move on and see that as a wonderful uh, teaching moment for our own self-correction. But Svetyaya is a indispensable tenant on this path of awakening and, of course, self-trust. The second tenant I'm thinking about is this teaching called, and many of you yogis will know of this as well, ahimsa. Ahimsa means to not harm or non-harming. And ahimsa is another niyama or ethical observance that we would follow in life to make our lives better. And it teaches nonviolence and compassion towards oneself and others. Self-trust really involves you treating yourself with kindness, with compassion, and letting go of any patterns of self-criticism or self-harm that are running you. See, how can you trust yourself fully when you make your consciousness the anti-hero? I'm pulling that from a great Taylor Swift song. I'm sure you know it. <laughs> but she's right. It is exhausting, always rooting for the anti-hero, is it not? All that harm you apply to yourself is like mud that covers up your light. My uh, wonderful spiritual teacher, John Roger, he would liken it to something he coined as not being God to yourself. And I talk about this teaching a lot with people that uh, have done my mentorship programs. They have a process on this. And not being God to yourself is really you not being good to yourself. We all want God, divine source, to be good to us. But how do you expect to receive goodness when you're blocking it with the frequency of self-hatred, self-harm, self-againstness, self-doubt, self-judgment? How can you let that goodness in? You make it really hard for the light to get through all that mud. So cultivating ahimsa, non-harming, non-violence, in your thoughts, in your mind, and actions can foster the self-trust and that self-acceptance and self-love that is so crucial upon our glorious path. So those two teachings come to mind around this wonderful subject to help you see how you can cultivate greater self-trust in your life. Another thing that has been kind of whirling around in my consciousness is this subject of masks. And we can kind of look at that all over um, social media as one sort of example. You may see or know friends um, that are on social media and they lead with a mask. You may lead with a mask. I mean, we all have masks from time to time because they serve us to get something. And when we wear masks, 
what we're really doing is we're angling ourselves as a persona so that maybe we can sell a product, we can get more likes, feel more love, <laughs> or advance one's agenda. But the problem is it's really like building foundation on dust. The foundation is built on illusion. And many people out there are nearly killing themselves to do whatever they can to uphold their image. And it is spiritually exhausting, physically exhausting, mentally, emotionally exhausting, because by these very efforts, you are perpetuating more and more separation from your true, authentic self as you perpetuate this grand facade. Authenticity is all about being true to yourself, not conforming to what you think I want you to be, the world wants you to be, society wants you to be, so that you can feel love or get likes or feel like people like you. Letting go of our mask and embracing our authenticity is a process that can be incredibly liberating. And it can be very challenging to cultivate a greater self-trust when you're walking around in this world leading with a mask, not allowing your true light, yourself, your authentic self, your beingness, your God-given magnificence to shine. It's like that salmon swimming up river. It's unnecessary. I might argue it's you creating more unnecessary dilemma. So let's talk about some steps that uh, we could use perhaps around letting go of your mask and being more authentic so you can cultivate more trust, more trust and acceptance within yourself. So the first thing that comes to mind is this process that's very similar to Svetyaya, self-reflection. So take some time, and you might want to get out a pen and paper if you're listening to this and you're at home, not in the car driving, of course. So self-reflection, take some time to reflect on who you truly are and see your patterns that are rooted in illusion. As an exercise, you can try this out. You fill in the blank and you can write down, I want others to see me as, and then you can put a blank line there, kind of like a Mad Lib puzzle, and just ask yourself, how do I want others to see me? What is my main drive? What is my agenda? What is my wanting? How do I want others to see me? Okay. And then you can ask yourself, and you can write down this question if you like, who am I underneath this mask? Who am I really? Who am I underneath this mask? And just go within and see what comes forward. These um, revelations, as I would imagine they are for you, could be just that, quite revelatory and liberating. The thing that comes to mind is allow yourself to take the time to really identify your masks and take that moment to recognize the masks or personas that you wear in different situations. Are you acting differently at work, with friends, with family? In identifying these masks, it's essential to begin to shed them. And one way we can begin to shed them 
is to understand your motivations behind them. Why am I wearing this mask? Are you trying to fit in? Are you trying to gain approval? Are you trying to protect yourself? Are you trying to avoid conflict? When we begin to understand our motivations of why we do what we do, what we are getting by doing these behaviors, because we're always getting something, this will really help you in addressing the underlying issues and free yourself from this bondage of self-appointed slavery based on the ego mind, the false self. And this kind of, I'm going off on a tangent here for a moment, but it it, it all matters. And I, sell, I say self-appointed because really all of our pain is self-appointed. All of our emotional suffering is self-appointed. We give it to ourselves. We have choice in how we want to perceive what's going on in our life. We can choose to, of course, be the victim or be in our divine creatorship. We can choose to make our happiness contingent on what other people say or do, which is really a path to suffering. Or we can choose to be the creators of our own happiness. Very different way of living and the path of freedom and liberation. So in essence, self-acceptance is a crucial part of being authentic and moving into greater and greater levels of self-trust. It is the path of self-love, which is the greatest salve that you have. So embrace every aspect of you. Embrace your flaws, embrace your imperfections, your shortcomings, your quirks, and really allow yourself to be seen and be vulnerable and know that you are enough. And anything less than that is an illusion that you can put down once and for all today, not tomorrow, right now. I want to continue and talk a bit about some other references that may serve you around this subject of self-trust. I want to talk about another aspect around what can corrode one's self-trust. And this is when we worship the things of this world. And in the context, of course, of this subject today, it's the worshiping of other people's opinions about you. And I think about a around this, I think about a teaching biblically, if this serves you. If it doesn't, fine, just move on, throw it away and use what does serve you. Of course, we could pull from biblical scripture as a reference if this works for you. And if it doesn't, perfectly fine. Just let it go and use, of course, what does. But we could pull from that in one teaching when Elijah went to the people who were wavering in their faith. And he said, how long will you waver between two opinions? He said, if the Lord is God, then follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. And the people said nothing. Baal is the Lord of the negative realm or negativity, or we might even say the God of this realm. Okay. It's, it's a false God. It's not Lord God. It's not the divine God. It's not God. But it is a 
being perhaps masquerading as God. I think of another one in Proverbs when it's written, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, bow, I believe it's the word is submit to him and he will make your path or paths straight. So the this is another example that highlights the importance of trusting, trusting in God's guidance rather than relying solely on your own wisdom and as the previous quote, uh, previous scripture, not worshiping other people that are not of God. But also to be more specific, we're not here to worship the things of this world. We're not here to worship the God of opinion. But when we do that, we can fall short in our life and bring forth more unnecessary suffering because it doesn't matter what people think of you. As much as we want to say it matters, that's part of the ego story. If we're going to walk the path of truth, of authenticity, of true self-love, of moving into that co-creatorship with the divine, we don't have to go at it alone. We don't have to go at it separate. But to free fall into God and to trust that that's really all we need. And this will bring forth a whole newfound energy of trust and peace and inner knowing that all will be well. And then you're not so attached to what's going on in this world. If someone says, you look great, well, thank you. If someone doesn't like your speech or this podcast, <laughs> fine. But my intention is to be of service. And I know that this will touch at least one heart. And let's say it doesn't. My intention is pure. And I know who I am and whose I am. And nothing, nothing of this world can make me waver in that. I've also been a student and lover of The Course in Miracles for many years, and that's another wonderful source we could talk about, another wonderful source of spiritual guidance and inspiration and subject in service to this talk on self-trust. The Course in Miracles teaches about at one which is a state of unity and oneness with God. Trusting in God is a key component to reaching this state of at one So it requires that we surrender the ego's control and we allow ourselves to step into and trust into a higher power to guide our life. This will create the dispensation for miracles because the Course in Miracles defines miracles as shifts in perception from fear, distrust, to love. See, trust in God is very closely related to the belief in miracles. When we trust in the power of love and the divine presence in our lives, we get to experience and receive miracles in our lives. The Course in Miracles also teaches about what I was just talking about biblically, this idea of releasing from this world, that the world here is one of appearances. It's an illusion that is created solely by the ego. And that true trust in God 
requires that we recognize this, that this, that this world is an unreality. Okay. This doesn't necessarily mean that we disengage from the world, but rather we shift in our perceptual lens. You've heard me talk, if you listen to this podcast, about pramana, clear cognition, rightful seeing. So it doesn't mean that we disengage from the world, but rather we see, we perceive it from a perspective of love and forgiveness. The Course in Miracles suggests that when we trust in our own ego-based perception of the world, this is the very thing that can lead to suffering and confusion. This is our ignorance. This is our, what we would call in yoga speak, avidya. It's our non-knowing. So the Course in Miracles encourages us to question the very reliability of our ego's judgments, perceptions, and rather trust in the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, we can look at that, is really Holy Spirit, pure spirit. It's not partly spirit, it's W-H-O-L-L-Y, spirit. So the Holy, H-O-L-Y, spirit is Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is seen as a guiding and loving presence that is available to us all that can help us to navigate through life's challenges and lead us to a state of greater peace and unconditional forgiveness. Forgiveness is very much entwined with the process of self-love. They're both incredible selves as a path to healing and awakening. But trust is the process of forgiveness. Trust is required so that you can let go of your grievances and your judgments and your limiting beliefs and limiting perceptions and your misinterpretations of reality. And so that you can begin to believe in the transformative power of forgiveness. It's like doing it really does get it done. You have to check it out for yourself. Are you willing to give it a go? So ultimately, it's that trust in divine will. Aligning yourself with that divine will is the ultimate goal. And this requires extraordinary trust. Well, I don't even know if I'd say extraordinary. It requires trust, plain and simple. And the idea that God's way, God's plan for you is always in service to your best interest, even if you may not know it at the time, even if it may feel like it doesn't align with your ego's desires, it's always for your highest good. So the opportunity rests that we can choose to become greater and greater co-creators, partners with the divine, and thus trust in ourself. So perhaps you could ask yourself, how am I or where am I not trusting in divine guidance, the Holy Spirit, God, source energy, whatever works for you? And you can do forgiveness on that. Maybe you're judging God because you feel like God doesn't have your back. I forgive myself for judging God, for ever feeling like he's let me down. 
that he's forsaken me, that he doesn't have or hasn't had my back. Because the truth is, not one soul is lost. And that includes me. Such an opportunity to trust in something greater than the ego is the central theme here. It's the central theme in all these sacred texts and all these teachings. Trust leads to transformation of consciousness, and it leads to a shift in perception, into right perception. So I hope this has been helpful. I think you get it. Self-trust is a tremendous quality, and we all have the opportunity to cultivate and strengthen within ourselves that quality that can make everything in your life so much better. You know, I think of this coach that many of you probably are familiar with. My husband loves him, and I'm now really obsessed with watching University of Colorado games because of Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, a man of great faith, very God-driven. And he would say, don't let my confidence offend your insecurity. I just love that. That confidence in him comes from his trust in himself. It comes from his trust in God, using him as a vessel, guiding his every step and direction, and living in that supreme knowing. That's here for you. That's here for all of us. And when you see someone walking through the world like that, it's inspiring. When you do that enough, day by day, in repetition, you are in the active process of remembering who you are and whose you are. So it's all here for you. You are divine. You're a powerful co-creator. And my wish and prayer for you is that you come into greater and greater divine levels of self-trust, knowing that that is not separate from the creator who created you, that divine light, that divine grace, that divine presence, so that your greatest partner is in that, the God of your understanding, which is nothing but pure love. God bless. Have a great week. Have a great day. And I'll see you on the next one. Take care. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Spiritual Geek Out podcast. If you like what you're hearing here, check out more by subscribing on your favorite platform or go to spiritualgeekout.com.